This is episode 486 for December 2017, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And no, you're not on the wrong show. That is the opening theme by John Williams of the Superman uh, theme song from 1977, and I mixed it in with the 70s Spider-Man theme song from the live-action TV series. You know, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, but Superman had a much better theme than that disco-sounding theme song. Anyway, before we get to this epic uh, Superman versus Spider-Man fight, uh, I want to give some thanks to people that support this podcast each and every month through Patreon. So, a special thanks go out to Brian, Craig, Christopher, Andrew, John, Stephen, Michael, Frederico, Stuart, Ricky, Thomas, Michael R., Daryl, and Spider-Gwen. If you would like to support this uh, site and this podcast... Log on to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash crawlspace. Also at the bottom of every article on our website, spidermancrawlspace.com, there is a link to support us on Patreon. It's also on the right-hand side of the site. So I appreciate each and every one of you that do it and help pay these expensive bandwidth and website hosting costs. All right, this is a good fight. Once in a lifetime, almost. Let's get on with it. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our Fight Club. We've got quite the panel on this episode. Of course, we've got George. George, what's going on, sir? Uh, a lot of D&D here lately. Re- <clears throat> uh, I could make a joke. Anyway, I'm going on. <laughs> Why? What, what, what joke can you make from that? Never mind. Uh, he we likes the D. <laughs> we've also got Zach. You just heard Zach. What's going on, Zach? Hey, we've got a lot of people on Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's because of our special guests. Yes, our special guests. It's, it's, it's really not because of George. It's it's because of the special guests. We have we have them. We have Jr. What's going on, Jr.? Well, I uh, passed a, a big threshold today. I finally officially moved one of my children out of the house. How, how many Woo-hoo! miles away from the house, sir? Well, only about twenty-five. But oh, okay. but she has her own job. She has her own car. She has her own apartment. Yeah. Oh, my my work here is done. You got one left, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll I see how down. long that we'll see how long that takes. Well, hopefully he has Wi-Fi so he can replace you on the podcast. Being a father, <laughs> being a father sounds so enriching and rewarding. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what you're missing, George. Yeah, and our special guest, which we've alluded to, is Michael Bailey. What's going on, Mike? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, here to uh, talk about. Probably one of the biggest comics of the mid-70s. I would agree. The one he is talking about is Spider-Man versus Superman. We've never done a fight club that has a DC character in it. George? This is our, yes, this is our first crossover fight club. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Or Friday, so, Friday Night Fight, not Fight Club. A little, little history, uh, George. This one came out in a treasury size. Was this the first treasury? <clears throat> I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think the this one and the one that followed up, they both were. Yeah. Is that right, Mike? I, you thought, think? I thought the first one... It's not the first Marvel treasury. That was the Spider-Man one. Oh, the reprint uh, one? Yeah, and okay. it's not... I don't think this is even technically the first DC Marvel crossover because they also had the Wizard of Oz treasury. Oh, I remember that. that. Came I out, I think, that. in '75. Yeah, or um, that that because both of them own the rights to the to the comic book rights to the Wizard of Oz, right. so they published it together. So, how are you guys reading this? I am reading from a 1991 trade. <clears throat> did you have this one, Bailey? Uh, I did not have it at the time. I picked it up a couple of years ago, though. Yeah. I, I, I actually I, have the original treasury. It's, it's upstairs. I didn't want to pull it out and get it all fingerprinty. But oh, Jr. Look at that. Jr.'s got the actual copy on his webcam. <laughs> Very nice, Jr. Yes, indeed. Purchased it from Rexall Drugs in Petersburg, Indiana. Oh, the, when know. it was actually out on the stand. When it was huh? actually out, I went and there it was, and I immediately ran back out to my mother and said, "Mom, I gotta have this. I gotta have the two dollars." Whoa. Oh. I forget how I had to prostitute myself to get that two bucks. But anyway, <laughs> there was know. a lot of drugs that were consumed afterward. Wow. You know, wow. It's got it's got, it's got this, you know, big thing, yeah. you know, the, the two heroes standing there side by side and yeah. you know, it's it's got the, you know, a soliloquy from Stanley and Carmine Infantano. Nice. It's just hey, 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 it's JR, a t- take a drag off of that old paper, man. Take a whiff. 
Yeah, smell oh. it. Take it in, sir. I Does that to, smell like Brad, your you're, 70s? You're incur- you're incur- I need to put some Hendrix on. Oh. <laughs> 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 Good Lord. By the way, <laughs> at first JR started off like Paul Harvey. And then, he, and then he warped into, uh, then he, he slowly warped into like Dennis Leary. By the way, <laughs> Bailey was talking about inside this uh, crossover book, it actually has a, uh, the cover of The Wizard of Oz that we were just talking about. So ba- there you Bailey, go. I guess Bailey peaced out. He bailed. Bailey is bailed. All right. <laughs> oh, oh he's, he's waving. We just have a, he's going to do hand puppets to illustrate the story as we go. Where'd the hand puppet go? Let's see the hand puppet one more time. Now, now if he, what's going to happen? Is- <laughs> yes. Yes. He'll, he'll break out his he'll break out his DC Select and his in his in his Marvel Legends, and then, he'll be like, and then Superman shows up and he flies across the. Oh my gosh! Bailey's that... going to interpret in in a, in a variant of sign language. <laughs> Wait a minute! No one understands. Did you just change shirts. Oh, oh, wow. Bailey's actually got the the actual copy too. Did yes, you change I changed shirts. Because, yes, I did because I realized that okay. this one's full of holes, and I am on camera, and that looks bad. <laughs> this is the George. This is the first wardrobe change we've ever had. <laughs> well, that's no, a lie. Zach's done a couple. Oh, of I take that back. Started Zach, putting Zach. on all the clothes from the closet. Wow, I'm just incorrect. Man. The thing you miss, Bailey, about with these doing these live things is that every now and then Zach gets bored, like his ADD kicks in. Oh, there it is, right there. And he'll there he'll assault the closet and start putting on stuff like like there you go. his granddad's robes and stuff. And Hornacek says, "Holy shirt!" <laughs> so so does does Zach start the podcast in the closet and then he comes out of the closet? Is that what happens? You know, um, is like Kevin Spacey in there somewhere? It's happened on the show. Is the thing? I mean, he's. Literally involved the closet as a prop. So, you know, um, with friends like I, these, I don't need enemies. Speaking okay. of, not not that it's not fun to rag on Zach the entire time, um, <laughs> but let's let's get back to uh, let's get back to, to Superman versus Spider Man. Bailey, how yes. much, or maybe you know, and I've I've never bothered to research this. Uh, how how big ju- just how big was this in in the seventies? How much did it sell? Do we know? I, I, I don't have sales records. I did uh, have the opportunity a couple of years ago to interview Jerry Conway with Shag. Uh, and he was telling us that this was like a huge deal because that was right after he left Marvel for DC. Mm-hmm. So this was like one of the the big projects. And, you know, we're going to be talking about the credits and Ross Andrew is listed as the penciler and I forget who's listed as the inker, but Dick it's, pretty obvious, it's pretty obvious through yeah. a lot of this that you got some Neil Adams in there and you've got some rich Buckler. I mean, there, there's, there's other artists working on this, but yeah, well, it was a is, huge even project. though they're not mentioned. Yeah. They, oh. I think this was a many hands project. Yeah. Uh, just because uh, just of how huge it was and to get it out on time. So yeah. One, one thing I, I remember or, uh, that I that I remembered having previously thought about when when rereading this uh, was uh, was that uh, Andrew's art looks a lot, uh, or at least it seemed to me uh, to look a lot like Kurt Swan's a little. Yeah, Andrew Andrew had a similar style. Uh, Ross Andrew drew, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he drew some Superman in the '70s as well. Mm-hmm. So he was a good, he was a really good choice for the artist on this first one. Now I am more of a fan of the artwork in the second one by John Buscema, mm. but. I mean, it's 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 hard to really argue that this isn't a, a classic in just about every sense of the ter- of the word. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the the most important thing about the this one and then the one that followed it up in like eighty uh, one or eighty two, mm-hmm. uh, they were both very they were just good stories. Yes, they were good stories. They had they had enough characters without it going contest of champions or you know batshit crazy, <laughs> you know, and it it allowed them to keep the stories focused and tight. The only difference is, is that in the first one we have a great fight when the two first meet, but in the you know in in, in Mary Marvel manner, <laughs> because in DC they didn't do it back back in the day in DC when two superheroes showed up it was like oh we should go get a sandwich sometime and Marvel they just beat the crap out of one another <laughs> in a warehouse yeah over a misunderstanding so yeah. you know it, it's like somebody took my sandwich I have to I have to hit you with a haymaker <laughs> now you know and. So it, it, the second one really didn't have that kind of fight. Did, was there a, a separate universe, like ever numbered on Marvel's side at least, to dis, to distinguish what this one was? And do the other subsequent DC Marvel crossovers, excluding Amalgam, take place in it? Does anyone know? There was a DC one. Let me um, pull up my research here. 
as I uh, or in a sex for- someone th- give George a sandwich. There was a crossover in the nineties while while he's looking. Oh, we had lots of crossovers, dude. We had Batman Punisher, we had Batman Spider Man, Spider Man Batman, we had uh Yeah. Didn't Green Lantern team up with somebody? Uh Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer, yeah. Yeah. This was um DC All Access number one. Yeah. Oh really? You're gonna you're gonna mention that? <laughs> I liked that one. I was a fan of that. That, that one had Ben Riley in it, didn't it? Bailey yeah, Girls five Bailey- when it came out. Bailey, this may shock you. Zach likes a lot of things that suck. <laughs> but um, in in the official index of the Crisis on Infinite Earths, Crossover Earth is listed as one of the one of the Earths of the multiverse, where the you know Spider Superman and Spider Man, the Batman and Hulk one, the X Men and the Teen Titans. So uh, there was at least a, an official designation in DC on DC side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <clears throat> and uh, it always made me wonder, <clears throat> because like later when, when Spider-Man and Batman had their stuff uh, in the late 90s or early 2000s, I don't remember now. No, mid to, it was mid-90s. Um, did that take Was that taking place in the same universe where Spider-Man had already met Superman? No, like well, w- when they did the DC versus Marvel, it was treated as kind of its own mm-hmm. separate thing. Uh, because Clark, uh, Br- uh, Clark meets... Ben Riley, actually, uh, not uh, not Peter Parker, and yeah. there is no reference to him have ever ever meeting Peter Parker. So really, there should have been there should have been, if if they were going to have a Superman based character meet Ben Riley, it really probably should have been Bizarro. That's the that's pretty much the, the, the <laughs> well, equivalent there, isn't it? I mean, I mean, Superboy and Super and, and and Ben Riley did fight during DC versus Marvel the, the crossover. And they were uh, joined together in Amalgam as yeah. the uh, Spider-Boy. Which was the first, um, kind of the, it ended up being sort of a tryout for uh, Mike Ringo before oh. he got on to uh, Sensational Spider-Man. Yep. So, JR, in 76, when you bought this thing, you'd already been uh, retired for 10 years and had been on your third marriage. <laughs> um, what, uh, what what were your impressions of it uh, as someone, you know, who was, uh, who was a, uh, you know, a, Elder statesman, even back that that far back. Well, let's see here. I remember <laughs> I was it was at the time I was having my hemorrhoids treated too, and uh, so that I remember that very vividly. It was a burning, itching sensation that I couldn't quite uh, uh, dispense with. But enough of that. Um, I mean, what, were you were you the one of the beta testers for Preparation H? <sighs> it was the Marvel Universe. It's Preparation X. There we go. That's, I'm here all go. week. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you'll see yourself out. Uh, you know, it, it was it was one of those that was okay. Um, but to be honest, I actually like the, the the second one better because the uh, the the second in the second one, uh, Clark and uh, Peter interacted with each other's supporting characters it kind of you know this was kind of almost like a i mean this one i mean it was cool and everything you had doc ock and lex Luthor and spider-man and superman and you had the obligatory hero fight and then you know getting together and you know and the super villains were trying to destroy the world or whatever but it just kind of felt like a um you know a, a big special effects latent thing uh that didn't have a lot of substance to it you know, that, that's not saying it wasn't fun or anything or cool, but it, it just what it was. It was OK. It just wasn't, a, you know, it was cotton candy. Uh, I thought the other one was a little more interesting, but, you know, it, it was what it was, you know, Over, overall um, with the uh, with the overall story and the, and the direction it took, especially in the end uh, when they took down the villains. Bailey, did it remind you in some ways of uh, of like world's finest, that kind of thing? A little bit. Um Actually, there's more moments in this that I think were eventually ripped off for Superman the movie uh, than than it. Uh, but it, it did feel. I will say that this one felt more like a DC book, and the second one uh, that Jr. was talking about that I agree with him that I actually kind of prefer that one uh, felt more like a Marvel book, and I think that's because Jim Shooter wrote the second one, and Jerry Conway, who was at DC at this time. Uh, you know, worked on this one. I, I, what I love about this one, though, is you have, you know, everybody gets like equal screen time. I, I, I am, I am pretty sure that on a mm-hmm. uh, like behind the scenes level, 
there was probably a lot of like almost what was that Steve McQueen movie with Paul Newman where they had to like have the same amount of lines? Uh, was it? Um, oh, I was going to say Cool Hand Luke, but that's not right. No, but anyways, <laughs> you know, it's it's like both both heroes are treated equally. Yeah. One is not put over the other. Mm-hmm. And when they finally team up, it's more of a relief than anything else. Like we had to get this fight out of the way. Otherwise, you know, every, I think fandom would have complained uh, at the yeah. time, but you know, they chose the two arch villains. And, and let me ask you this, you guys as, as Spider-Man fans, because I've, I've, I've always uh, kind of felt this way ever, ever since I read this, this really cemented to me, that Doc Ock was Spider-Man's arch enemy after the Green Goblin died up until Venom came. I would agree. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, so, he was, he was the arch enemy uh, when I started reading comics uh, because the Green Goblin had died years before I started reading. And uh, it wasn't until the Hobgoblin came out that the Hobgoblin kind of uh, gave Ock a run for his money as the number well, one. Well, in the years after this, remember uh, we had all those great stories, Brad, that you and I have covered a lot uh, mm-hmm. on uh, on here on Friday night uh, fights. Uh, you know, with involving uh, uh, Spidey versus Doctor, you know, and, and yeah. including the culmination of Spider-Man ripping Doctor Octopus's arms off and Spec. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, and and we could now here on on. Friday night fight. I mean, all we do is we focus on the fight, mm-hmm. uh, but we have to give a little bit of context. So, so right. I know some of you are, are itching to get to us, you know, get to the hitting things part, get, get to this panel. That's the panel. Yeah. They want. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but we've still got it. Yeah. You know, we, we've, we've got to lay the groundwork for that. Right. And explain the, uh, you know, the timing. That's chapter two. We got to get a little set up to chapter one. Yeah. I mean, I, heck, I was four years old when this book came out. So I, you know, what year was it? 76, 76. Yeah. I was one. Um, so, uh, my dad graduated high school. One of the, one of the things, um, that I think gets me the most about this book and, and, and it's a, it's, it's a unique fight for us to pick here mm-hmm. at, uh, at the crawl space because Spider-Man, the, when, when the two finally get together, it, it's a little bit, it's, it's a little like Spider-Man versus Thor. Yeah. You know, and it, it would, he's, would he's be, out of his league. He's way out of his league, and he's not just ooh, I'm fighting Juggernaut, or ooh, I'm fighting Fire Lord, or ooh, hey, the X Men showed up and acted like bitches, so I have to kick their asses. <laughs> it's, it's not like that. I mean, yeah. it's it, this is this is a whole different threat category. Yeah, you know, opposed to uh, opposed to Spider Man, but but at the same time, in true Spider Man fashion, he doesn't care. Yeah, he just doesn't care. Uh, especially because of, of what he just saw. And uh, to set this up, to set why they're fighting up, um, Peter just saw, uh, I think it was at the airport, um, what looked like Spider, well, it looked like Superman showing up and using uh, his heat ray vision to totally destroy Lois Lane and, and, and Mary Jane. There's the panel right there. Look at that thing. That's and, gonna set them. That's setting them off. <laughs> and so, so, so Superman goes one way, or uh, Peter goes one way, Clark Kent goes another way, and then suddenly Superman and Spider-Man both show up at the same time, figuring one or the other has something to do with it. Why? Yeah, I, I'm not real clear. I can't remember why Peter thought Superman may be involved. <laughs> Or why it was ever a good idea to hit him in the first place or go after him. <laughs> but that's uh, that's where we start. We start off uh, with chapter two with the two, uh, and we saw the art uh, a little bit earlier. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, right there. There's the art. Look at that pretty. That's beautiful. With the two of them, you know, showing up at the same time. And and, and rather than try to talk it out and, and, and maybe come to an agreement or, or discuss what's going on, um, no, Superman just goes ahead and tries to hit, tries to hit uh, Spider-Man. Uh, when the two meet in the air. Now, Bailey, this is one one thing I wanted to ask you. In the DC universe, is it still established that Superman is as fast as the Flash, or is that a Silver Age thing that we don't talk about anymore? And the fast and the Flash is faster now. They they really have just kind of conceded that the Flash is the fastest. Uh, back during Rebirth, uh, Flash Rebirth, there was a, an issue where Superman was involved, and he talks about how they used to race and Superman would beat him. And Barry said, Clark, that was for charity. Yeah. So it was just like, this kind of, this is nice. nice. 
was just kind of conceit that no, that wasn't quite on the level, and I'm okay with that actually because frankly, uh, I want him, I want Superman to be you know one of the most powerful, but you know when when you have one skill set, you want that person to be the best at that skill set. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, back when back when that race happened, and I don't know what year that was. Um, but when that race happened, wasn't that before all the Speed Force stuff even even came oh, that was, out? That was way before the Speed Force stuff. It was Superman 199 was the first race. Yeah. Uh, and they had uh, several after that. In fact, they did a Treasury reprint of that uh, in the later 70s, uh, featuring all of their uh, races together. And then there was the Wally West race uh, in Adventures of Superman in 91, I believe. Uh might be 90. I'm kind of drunk right now, um, <laughs> which isn't true. Uh, but no, it's just, it's He's doing an impression of Zach. <laughs> but at this point, you know, Superman was... I knew that was coming. <clears throat> Superman w- could travel, I forget what the exact, but it was faster than the speed of a light. So this Superman was, like, could extinguish a sun with his super breath. So the, the reason it stuck out, the reason it stuck out to me, and the reason I wanted to establish that, um, is because we, uh, it, it's weird sometimes because a lot of, t- and it must be hard for writers and artists to convey this, because a lot of times, like if Superman's going fist to fist with someone, there's no way he should ever miss, mm-hmm. given how fast he is. I mean, even in this case with Spider-Man, Spider-Man is, is perhaps the most agile being, or or at least superhero in the Marvel universe. But at the same time, he can't dodge the speed of light or sound or whatever the hell, you know, like how well, fast Superman moves. Keep in mind that when Superman and uh, Spider-Man start going at it, Spider-Man has been hit with the red sun radiation. So that's going to weaken Superman. Okay. Ah. I mean, it's, it's basically you know, the, the, the analogy I had prepared is that, you know, George and I could fight. And if George had a gun and shot me in the shoulder, he's going to win, you know? So, so you give Spider-Man a, a leg up on Superman. Yeah. He's going to last a lot longer in the fight and it will weaken Superman. Cause this was a, this was at the time period where if he was exposed even a little bit, he would lose. Okay. This is going to sound weird. He would lose his Kryptonian powers, but even on Krypton, Kryptonians were more were faster and stronger than humans. So mm-hmm. even if he lost his powers under the red under a red sun lamp, for example, which sounds silly, but usually works within the stories, he would still be stronger and faster than your average human. So when you guys get around, like uh, on on the eighty seven podcast that you're involved in. Uh, and you know, when you guys show up, uh, at conventions and, and, and you have your, your super, your Superman talk as you, as you <laughs> Superman fans are want to do, uh, does everyone look at this period in time and just say, screw it, man, it's a silver age. It, you know, it was all over the place. Um, okay. One, uh, to, to quote the great Bill Maxwell from the pilot episode of the greatest American hero, Superman fans can't agree on how to make Kool-Aid. Uh, so. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, when you. <laughs> When you have when you have a group of Superman fans together, you 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 may come to a consensus consensus on like where to have lunch, but you know there are there are Silver Age fans, there are post Crisis fans, there are New Fifty Two fans, there's George Reeves fans, there's Golden Age fans. Where, where do you uh, are you just all fan or what? Where do you lie? Uh, I prefer the post-crisis, but I, 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 there isn't an era that I don't like. There are just eras I like less than others mm. uh, because every one of them has something to offer for the character. Do you, do you lay on all genres and, and periods of, of uh, Superman like it's like you're a blanket, like you're a human blanket? And, you're just- <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, I like, and I like to cover the different – well, I, I am that large sometimes, but I'm working on oh, it. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Um, I, meant, yeah. I meant like metaphorically, not so- – not literally. Uh, Mike, do you wish Superman had what Spider-Man has, which is a 50-year ongoing story instead of a reboot? Do you wish it was um, a, one long story? No, because frankly, I think Spider-Man could have done with like a reboot at one point or another in his in his publishing history. I mean, yeah. when you when you look at look at what's uh, now, I haven't read a Spider-Man book since I was on this show. 
So we're talking <laughs> you haven't, like you haven't missed much. You haven't missed a thing. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a, a one of my co-hosts on another show I do. Andy Leyland is is to Spider Man what I am to Superman. He will follow that until the day he dies. Same. Uh, so I hear him like he'll every once in a while go, "Well, that was a good issue. That wasn't a good issue." But overall, he's not enjoying it. You know, o- you know, overall. Um, so he's Brad. I basically, yeah, but <laughs> the British about, version of Brad, right? In thinking about all of the complaints we had, you know, even before Brand New Day, you know, when they when they tried to do Chapter One, mm-hmm. it seemed like because they never said, "Okay, this is a cold hard from the beginning reboot." <clears throat> yeah, um, I think that's why you have all the continuity arguments you have today because there are now over 50 years superman had the luxury of being rebooted in the 80s uh in 86 and then again and they tried to do it in 2004 and then they tried to do it again in 2009 and then they did the new 52 and then they've kind of gone back on that but here's the 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 weird thing about that though is that you will find in every reboot a previous generation that wants to burn DC to the ground because of it. <laughs> uh, it's like that song by Mike and the Mechanics, you know, The Living Years. Yeah. Every generation. Yeah. <clears throat> 20, the one before. On the YouTube chat, 227060. That's a heck of a hit. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Spider-Man never should be rebooted. To be brutally honest, looking at DC, it's a testament how reboots are a short-term fix that creates long-term problems. What do you think of that? Mike, I mean, you know, that is one way to look at it, but the other way to look at it is the reason why the reboots don't work is because you have creators coming on years later and undoing them for whatever reason, you know, it's not the reboots fault that, uh, (laughs) that Mark Wade spent his editing time on secret origins doing (laughs) stealth, uh, stealth uh like sabotage of the of the superman reboot by having superboy appear in the legion stuff so i mean you're always going to have that because you're never gonna i mean look at look at the new 52 here's a good example the new 52 was not a clean reboot of the dc universe because batman and green lantern pretty much continued as they had been so you know with, with all the talk of how brave they were for renumbering detective and action they were hedging their bets on an uh, on a on a financial level but mm-hmm. if you get people that are dedicated to it i think a reboot could work rather well well the the problem is is right now i mean and, and after the last 10 years 10 years ago i would say no i don't i know i don't ever want the marvel universe rebooted after the last 10 years there's been so much damage to this core universe now. I mean, like real substantial damage, especially to Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, that I, 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 there's a lot of times when, when, you know, I, I think about this usually when I'm driving to Whataburger, uh, and I'll, think about, <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> yeah. And I, and, and I'll, I'll think to myself, it's, it's probably time, but you can't reboot it when you've got the same people who screwed it up there to begin with. True. True. All right. Right. If you're going to do a reboot, clean house. You do. You get rid of everything. You change everybody. You the change light bulbs. teams across the board. <laughs> you know. Yes, you change the light bulbs in the damn building. Oh, Alistair on the YouTube says, "What's a Whataburger? Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I had a Whataburger when I visited Texas back in 1990, and I still think about it. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's been 27 years, and that thing was amazing. Uh, you know. I, I guess I went to the one Whataburger in, in Oklahoma. That's in Oklahoma. That's the uh, thing. It's Oklahoma. <laughs> it was awful. It was yeah. awful. I need one. For I, I loved I, I still remember to, I, I still remember to this day what uh, George said to Brad. I'm sorry, Oklahoma ruined your Whataburger. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's. I, I, wanted, I, was, I, was, I was wanting to jump in. I, I pulled out a copy of Marvel's The Untold Story. Oh. And there's a couple of things I wanted to mention about this particular uh, cool. crossover. Hey, real quick before you do that, Zach uh, Bailey, have you read that book, by the way? Yeah, I have. It was really good. Okay. It's good. I it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, go yeah, ahead. It's essential I, I, reading for any Marvel fan. I, Bailey, I interviewed the fan. author too. He's on past podcast too. Go ahead, Jack. I was mention that. Uh, all right. So uh, from page 164 of uh, Sean Ho's um, house, excuse me, uh, Marvel: The Untold Story. The mighty Marvel convention was held on a Saturday through Monday, 
March 22nd through 24th, 1975 at the Hotel Commodore. Thrilling announcements made throughout the weekend suggest that Marvel might reach new audiences. A deluxe edition of Superman vs. Spider-Man comic co-published with DC would be the first meeting between the two iconic characters, and the deal was being finalized at last for a live-action Spider-Man movie. <laughs> so, the, so there was talk after this came out that there yeah, was, was going to be a Spider-Man live-action? Yes. And then uh, later on, a couple pages later, uh, Marvel and DC Superman versus Spider-Man crossover is going to be oversized eight times the price of a regular comic to reference what JR said earlier and heavily promoted a guaranteed blockbuster for Jerry Conway and Ross Andrew. It was a wonderful payday, but for Lynn, Lynn Wein, it was the breaking point at a meeting at Lee's office, sitting around the coffee table. Wein questioned uh, Al Landry's decision to remove Andrew from the, his regular Amazing Spider-Man gig to work on the project. Spider-Man, after all, was my number one title. I'm the editor-in-chief. Why didn't you discuss this with me first? Uh, it's because it's none of your bleeping business, and I uh, oof, bleeped that out for you. <laughs> so, needless to say, there was some behind-the-scenes drama as a result of this particular crossover. Well, I, I just thought that was really interesting. Creative types. That's, you know. <laughs> That's true. But I, I thought we ought to, uh, we got to mention when it was when it was announced, which was March of 1975. And, and uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, dude. Yeah, I hadn't thought to, to go back and and remember that part of that book. It was um, one month after I was born. So let's let's get back wow. to the fight real quick. Um, yeah. And Brad, hold up the those next two pages, 49 <laughs> and 50, since you've got the book there. So Spider-Man. Uh, okay, uh, dodges a f- uh, punch. The, is it- the, the bottom of that one on the bottom right. Show that panel, and because I, I wanted to highlight this panel specifically on the art. Look at the this look one? at this one. Look, yeah, that one right okay. there. Here, look I'll, at the, here. Look let me the, let me click on myself so you can see it. Look at the th- there. There you go. Look at the dynamism of that of that pose. With the way Superman is, you see his fist, like he's rearing back. You know, he's got the arm out. That is that is beautiful. And then flip the page. Okay. We'll go to that iconic page that I think most uh, Spider-Man <laughs> fans have seen and most comic fans probably at this point. <clears throat> That's a great-looking panel right there. Look at that. I mean, just look at the stunning quality of this art. It's so pretty. You know? I mean, it really is. I mean, even for, I mean, from stories from back then, you know, the, the art's quality. But here, it's like they really went all out. Yeah, he well, they, they, they took that. advantage of, of the treasury format of making you know it, it, it's it's even bigger than you know even if this was like a normal size book, I don't think you would have had the power of that without the size of this page. Yeah, because you know, when uh, DC versus Marvel, Marvel versus DC, whatever you want to call it, happened, they did reprint these in yeah. like uh, regular comic book size, and it just loses. Yeah. Pretty much all the power of, of the of the action at the very least. Mm-hmm. But I just it always struck me. I mean, this art, especially I mean, just the detail on Superman's face there on uh, on page fifty with the kapow and when, when mm-hmm. Spider Man hits him, it's great. I mean, just just the the amount of detail and it's just so wonderful. It's just really wonderful artwork. Yeah. Um, and it's also a point where Spider Man should have broke his right arm. <laughs> You know, the, um, if, we're, if we're being honest, you know, I mean, like not not just break it, but like probably where like bone came out from, like like as you know comes out the bottom yeah. here, like you like know. Gordon Hayward level of um to ugliness being bro- in terms of broken bones. So to yeah, re- like to refresh the fight just a little bit, George. Basically, a fake Superman uh, allegedly killed Lois and Mary Jane in front of Peter. He's Peter, kicked. Clark and Peter just yeah. saw what looked yeah. like Superman using his heat vision to destroy Lois and Mary Jane. Yeah. Who, by the way, had their own separate fight <laughs> before that moment, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. What were they fighting about? I forget. Well, Mary Jane thought that Lois Lane was scoping her mans. Oh, yeah. Even though even though Mary Jane and Peter were just friends mm-hmm. and the marriage came out of nowhere. <clears throat> um. <laughs> But yeah, Mary Jane can. She's very territorial here, yeah. and I, I like how my hands are up like I'm a wrestler. You know, like they're about to go <laughs> at it. Um, and two, two canned hams, and the two of them kind of have a kind of have a, a catty little sparring match right before they disappear. Yeah, which was which was very entertaining. Uh, I I enjoyed that you know quite a lot. You know, and, and Mary Jane's like you know, I forgot what Mary Jane said, but Lois is like, no, you know, Peter's kind of young for me, but whatever you do, you. Yeah. I mean, it it was. It was and nice. Come to find out, it was Lex Luthor that was in the Superman outfit. Yeah, and, and Lex he, and Doctor Octopus are watching this whole yeah. thing go down. 
And Lex sprays or shoots Spider-Man with the red kryptonite beam. No, red sun energy. Red sun energy to make him a little stronger to go up against Superman. So that's where we are in the fight. This is what's stopping Spider-Man from getting crippled. Yeah. With the way he's fighting <laughs> Superman, mm-hmm. um, other because they had to explain that some way. Otherwise, there's Superman puts himself yeah. Yeah. or Spider-Man puts himself in the hospital. Yeah, in this fight. Um, and so on the next page, you know, after that, we've got we've got a really uh, a great scene where where Superman flies off after, uh, and he's not the the punch didn't really hurt Superman. I love how the narration talks about it. He said, "Stunned mm-hmm. more by the fact of the blow than its force." Yeah. You know, Superman's just not unless it's like, you know, unless it's like, uh, oh, who who was fighting uh, Superman hand to hand back then? I guess it was Darkseid. No, he, he, he and Darkseid really didn't throw down much in the 70s. Um, it, it, you know, like him fighting Bizarro or him fighting one of the Kryptonian, you know, like the Phantom Zone villains or something like that. That would that would uh, have been what would literally legitimately hurt him. But. I think this is more like it's more like you know a guy who isn't that strong punching you in the face. I mean, you're you're gonna feel it, but it's not gonna be like something. When it's over, you're just like, okay, I think I moved because I was more shocked that that happened more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, <clears throat> so I I, I like that, that that moment a lot. Yeah, like even though he kicks him. Like, there were so many parts of this fight that I'm sitting there looking. And I'm like, well, typically this is where Spider-Man should have broke a leg or whatever. But it, it, he does make reference later on to the fact that, like, even when he's hitting him, it, it's still hurting him. Mm-hmm. And Superman's yeah, and- really not used to someone coming at him like a spider monkey. <laughs> I'm going to attack you like a spider monkey. You know, <laughs> never heard Spider-Man called a spider monkey before. It's pretty good. And well, and. What's what's more is that while he's knocking Superman around, Superman is just kind of taking it because Superman, I think, deep down knows I could end this in a minute if I wanted to. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like he's just he's trying to assess the situation, seeing, you know, I, I think he's more worried about Spider-Man hurting himself than anything else at that, mm-hmm. at that point. Well, there's that moment where S- Superman has finally had enough of his crap and is going to punch him dead in the face. And then right at the last minute, it's just like, holy crap, what am I doing? I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah. And at the last second, pulls the punch. Yeah. And um, I like yeah. the I like this quote from uh, Superman right here. It says, of all the st- stupid, stubborn clowns I've ever met, Spider-Man, you take the cake. Get, can't you get it into your skull? I've been trying to talk to you. Wow. Well, uh, he says I've been trying to talk to you. He swung at Spider-Man first. <laughs> In fairness to Peter, <laughs> Clark, Clark swung first. But I kind of like that, though, actually, is, is because Superman has like the, the reputation of being the Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. Um Unless it's current cinematic Superman, in which case that's kind of not an issue. But you know, he's he's the he's the character that mm-hmm. doesn't you know that that doesn't go in swinging. That does want to kind of try to chill things out first. So if you got to the point uh, to 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 quote uh, George from, I forget what we were talking about, but it's basically like being mauled by Jesus. <laughs> you know, what did you do that you're getting knocked around by the Prince of Peace? So, <laughs> was the quote that has stuck with me all these years. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I forgot what we were talking about too, but yeah, I, and I've, t- I've used that term before, and people were like, but G- Jesus was passive. And I'm like, yeah, so imagine. If Jesus freaks out on you, how bad that's going to be. Piss him off. What lie did you have to cross to get your ass handed to you and get curb stomped by by the the son of God? (laughs) So anyway, um, we we, we digress a little bit. But I I like that when he – and to to kind of build on your point, Bailey, because you talked about Superman's normally the Boy Scout. He just saw what he thought was Lois get zapped in front of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're both equally ticked. They're bo- now Peter is prone to flying off the handle. Yeah, but but you're right. Clark is not. But Clark just saw Lois conceivably get killed, and Peter just saw Mary Jane get conceivably killed. Mm-hmm. The, neither one of them is really thinking clearly in this fight. Right? Mm-hmm. 
So that's one thing that we that we should uh, mention, and, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, but then, yeah, so Spider-Man pulls this, or uh, Superman, God, this is, I, I do this so often now, Spider-Man, Superman, Superman. Um, but when he finally does hit, hit Spider-Man, he has that great, he has that moment, great Krypton, what am I doing? I have to pull my punch. Yeah. Um, and he hits Spider-Man. There's that great scene where Spider-Man flies off the roof. And then the next, like that double, the double splash sequence where he goes through, you know, he gets knocked through a building and then out the other side of the building. And then, then he's going to try to kick Superman and then he kicks him and then he, he just kind of falls off because of, uh, presumably the red kryptonite had worn off, I think, at that point. Yes. Or the red, the red sun energy, pardon me. Uh, but still, Spider-Man doesn't get – no Fs are given. Absolutely <laughs> no Fs are given. And, and he just sits there trying to hammer – down superman and superman just stands there with his hands on his hips like are you done yet yeah <laughs> that, i love the expression on superman's face here it's just like yeah. really okay you're gonna okay you're gonna do that now it okay. reminded it reminded me of that scene bailey and death of the family towards the end yeah. remember at the un when 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 uh when batman showed up and 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 Superman was telling him, look, I'm not let this is the UN. I can't let you go after the Joker in here. Yeah. Superman or Batman just hauled off and hit him and then turned around and went and that great Jim Aparo art and was like, ah, like that. <laughs> Are you okay? I think I broke a couple knuckles. What, what like story Bruce. what storyline was that from Batman? That's death, death of the, of the family. family. Oh, with Jason Todd dying? That's mm-hmm. when the Joker becomes the ambassador to Iran from Iran. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and so Batman shows up at the, at the United Nations to basically kick some ass, and Superman stops him. Well, and then, and then Batman just falls off and hits him. He didn't know that the Joker was the ambassador yet. He just had the Joker yeah. told him to meet him there, and Superman throughout the entire thing is just not saying why he's there, and Batman's getting progressively angrier to the point where yeah, he tries to haul off and punch Superman in the face. And again, you have a moment where Batman's not thinking clearly, even though he's yeah. Batman still. I mean, he held Jason Todd's, at the time, dead body in his hands. That's going to affect your thinking. I mean, you know. Anyway, um, so we get back to the fight. And and it's amazing because you you go from one page of of Spider-Man literally just hitting uh, dozens of times trying to hit uh, Superman until his, basically his, like, hands are about to break. Yeah. He says, oh, boy, I broke my hands. Yeah. And, um, And so he stops. And then they're pals. Yeah. Look at that. Hey, buddy. Sorry. Well, let me shake that broken hand. <laughs> it's like it's like the the three amigos <laughs> when they're at the movie studio and 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 Joe Mantegna is playing the uh, the studio head. And he's like, uh, you meet Geronimo or whoever, whatever Indian chief was. OK, you meet Geronimo. You think he's a terrible guy? No, it was Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman was the one explaining it. It's like you meet Geronimo. He's a terrible guy. You fight. And then by the end, you're all friends. And uh, and so that's what uh, oh what what is Zach doing? Zach's ADD kicks in every now and then, Bailey, and he has to like do little do? figures I, and I puppets and, and stuff and toys. So um, so right. yeah, by the end of the fight, they're all friends, and, and Spider Man's holding his hands. Now that's that's their fight, which is what we cover because we wanted to cover Spider Man versus Superman. I mean, later on at the end, they kind of they kind of crisscross with their with their villains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> which which. It's fun because I, I definitely don't think Otto was ready to get a face full of Superman. <laughs> definitely, you know, uh, Otto's like, I am clearly the, the loser in all of this. You yeah. know? Um, and then, but it's a great story and it's a great issue. But this fight, I think it speaks it, it speaks to the strengths of both characters. Mm-hmm. It it speaks to Superman's calm. And reason, even though it's shaken by seeing Lois get killed, and he's, you know, at, at, at the start he's not thinking clearly, but at the same time he's also fighting with a sense of if, if I could, I could easily kill this guy, mm-hmm. and 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 I have, so I have to be careful because I, I I could I could do the wrong thing and and someone could die, and then Spider Man on the other hand is just so angsty and filled and pissed filled with rage and pissed off and he just needs to take it out on something, and he takes it out on the one person. That he can take it out on safely. Well, I say safely without not so much to him and his hands, but you know, without without too much collateral damage. There's some collateral damage in this. I mean, they tore some buildings up. Yeah. But but not like, you know, it's not like Superman versus Doomsday and like, you know, half a city is broken apart and destroyed. Yeah. 
Which is funny because the next issue that we're going to cover when we when we cover Peter Parker, Spider-Man number 14, when Spider-Man fights the Hulk, it's a lot of the same thing. Hmm. It's a lot of the same kind of setup where, where he's beating on one person just because he needs to take out – there's something in him that needs to get it out like that, that needs to – Get it out physically, which makes Peter kind of a kind of a, kind of a dick. So it makes you wonder if like like Peter just spends all his time just like as Peter, you know, just holding back and not confronting things and not. And then when he's Spider Man, he's got a mask on. He's like, you know what? F it, I'm going to beat everything's ass. Well, isn't that kind of the whole point of him putting on the mask in the first place? Was you know before Uncle Ben died, he was basically like, f the world, I'm going to get what's mine. I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna get paid. Yeah. Yeah. The, the world crapped on him so much that you know this was how he was going to get it. And every time they do those store those what if type stories, where you know what if Aunt May died instead of Uncle Ben and all that, Peter just ends up being a jackass. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a you know I, I'm not sitting here talking smack about Spider Man because I like the character and I think deep down he is a hero. But there is a part of Peter Parker that will always be the nerdy kid that got shoved into a locker. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to come out now. And Superman, even though you know Clark Kent is mild-mannered and different iterations have treated his growing up through varying degrees, there was a, a when, in the Superboy series, Clark was always getting picked on. There's this great issue in 83 where Clark finally just had enough one day and knocked this guy on his ass after he was talking smack about Ma Kent. Um, but it's just like one of those things where at the end of the day, Superman is, at, especially at this point, the authority figure. He is the calmed reason one. He's the guy everyone looks to because he could crack the world in half, but he doesn't. He uses his, this is, this is when people go, I don't understand Superman what they're basically saying is I have no empathy for other human beings and I'd be a jackass if I had these powers. That's what they're, no, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. When people are like, well, I don't understand why you would do that. It's just like, well, then you don't understand selflessness almost. Um, real quick. Uh, somebody in chat just posted this. He said, I disagree. I disagree with George and Michael. Spider-Man is a hero. And doesn't just uh, use pent-up anger until he can beat people up. We're not saying he's not a hero. Yeah, no, not We're at all. We're absolutely not saying he's not a hero. I mean, l- listen to the 47,000 podcast episodes we've been involved with this character. <laughs> You know, we're not saying that that he's not a hero. We're just saying he does have some anger issues, and it's tied into his origin, as Bailey points out, very very adeptly, very wisely. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's just one of those things where how many times in an issue of Spider-Man – did he go, I'm sick of the world, you know, kicking me around. Yeah. I, I'm tired of this. That's like you know? every, that's like twice a month for him. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, the most traumatic <clears throat> of his life um, prior to Uncle Ben dying was probably, he was traumatized by the fact that he was just mo- notoriously and mercilessly just, just systematically picked on as, as a child. So now, every every villain... In a way, it has Flash Thompson to thank. Yeah, for, for every for every beatdown <laughs> Spider-Man's ever delivered to them. You know Pretty what the much. funny thing is? The funny thing is, though, is when you read those original Lee Ditko issues. After he gets the powers, Flash Thompson is a bully, but he's not a problem anymore. In the mm-hmm. terms of because Peter, Peter reminds me of 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 Daniel from the Karate Kid. <sighs> I mean. Okay, yeah, those guys kept <laughs> kicking his ass, but at the same time, he kept poking that bear. Now, they were going to kill him before Mr. Miyagi saved him, but at the same time, there is that that that, that kind of part of his personality where he'd mouth off to, to Flash. So I always got that Flash was a bully, but not in the, I'm going to take your lunch money sense. Hmm. It, it stopped being that way, especially the later, especially really after the boxing match. Oh yeah, the boxing match. I remember that. You know, I mean, I mean, there was, I think, a little microcosm <clears throat> of, of respect by Flash that Peter could hold his own in a boxing ring with Flash, and Flash was still an a hole. He was still an a hole even when he went to Vietnam. I mean, or the Afghanistan. War. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> the war. You know, um, <clears throat> when he would come back, even during the the Lee Ramita era, I mean, he still was a bit of a douche, but you know, he wasn't as. He, he, 
he was a douche, but he he still kind of liked Peter deep down. Yeah. Am I wrong, JR? <sighs> Hello, Uh-oh. JR. <laughs> no, I mean, I was, I was uh, thinking about something else, and then I'm trying to give that uh, the consideration that it's worth. Uh, Which is none. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he liked Peter for a while, but he, he respected him. Um, I think there was, I think like, I think like any, you know, people who are in conflict, um, there's part of them that wishes that they had, they were more like the other. And I don't know that, you know, he liked Peter so much as part of him said, boy, I wish I was a little more like him. And, and then when you're thinking that though, it automatically, you automatically get into some kind of self, it makes you self-loathing. You know, and then you take that and and then, you know, you go back to that person and you you try to humiliate him again because you realize that they're better than you in some respects. And that makes you mad. So then you try to bring him down again. So um, I, really, they didn't start becoming friends until um, I think about the the mind worm thing when when Peter, when uh, Harry blew Peter's apartment up and Flash was the only one who would take him in. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they finally just sat and did nothing. You know, they talked the night away and found out that, well, you know, golly, you know, maybe so-and-so is not such a bad person after all. So really, they had never really, until that moment, had never really sat down and talked to each other like two human beings. So, yeah. you know, it, it was a long process. But I, I, I think you also... I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, I, think I was you, just about to say, and probably what I said was rambling and made no sense at all. No, it did. But I, but I think also part of it was Liz Allen was starting to show interest in Peter and that's going to create some conflict mm-hmm. uh, because suddenly the girl he kind of likes, likes the guy that he hates. So mm-hmm. that's going to make you hate that guy even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so George, uh, the fight Oh, um, winner? yeah, we have every time we do a fight, we have to give a decision. Yeah, the decision this this time I'm going, you know what? Let's let's hold it to a vote here uh, <laughs> since there's five of us. And so okay. uh, I uh, I'm going to give my own take on it and I'm going to I'm going to give my vote. Um, I'm going to call it a draw because both of them walked away buddies. Um, but it's a it's a draw because Superman decided it could be a draw. Hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to say draw. Bailey, what say you? Um, similarly, I will say it's a TKO for Superman. <laughs> you know, he didn't actually knock him out, but it was his decision to end the fight. <laughs> How does that work in boxing? If the if one guy walks away, the referee decides that you can't go on. Yeah. So they who do they make the it's winner? Like you didn't get knocked out, and you're you're still technically- well. You got you got to keep in mind, Brad. With if if it goes the distance and goes all of the rounds that have been assigned to the fight, there's a point system. Okay. That, that there's three judges sitting off, and every time you make a solid contact, you get a point. So you could sit there. Well, you, you well Spider Man then would win win because he made a whole bunch of contacts on Superman. He he hammered his chest like nobody's business. Until he couldn't do it anymore because each time he did it, he broke his hands. (laughs) He was hurting him more than the guy he was punching. Yeah, that's true. I want Mills Lane to come in and. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we have one vote for draw. We have one vote for Spider Man. We have one. What, did vote I vote for Spider? I guess I don't know. You just said you just said uh, Spider Man. Well, Spider Man won on points. I was just if we go by points, Spider Man did win technically because he landed more punches. Is that your decision? I I'm on a Spider Man show. Why not? Okay, <laughs> so we have the Superman expert saying Superman won. We have the Spider Man expert saying saying Spider Man won. Zach, okay. what do you? We go to a non expert, and Zach, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Zach is muted. <laughs> Speaking of non-expert, we'll go to Jr. Jr. Right. No, Jr. is an actual expert. Expert. So Jr. What do you say? Since Zach uh, dropped the ball, I muted. Oh, I to, to to me. I mean, there was. 
as much fun as it was and, you know, back and forth. And yes, Spidey landed punches. I'd still have to give the fight to Superman. I mean, even Jr. is giving Well, come on. Come on. No. Like, like, like Mr. Bailey said, I mean, the only reason that uh, the fight ended the way it did was because Superman chose to. I mean, Superman was, you know, ultimately the one in control at the end. But I was uh, just going by what Bailey said with the point system. Uh, I'm, go I'm, by about the point. To, I'm about to dovetail on that, Brad. And I'll, I'll kind of. Okay, go ahead. No, go, I'll let JR finish first. No, but that, that was what I was about to say. I mean, you know, ultimately, at the, at the very end, Superman is actually the one in control. So to sure. me, that makes him the that makes him the winner. All right. So uh, getting back to what Bailey was saying about the points, if you're going on a boxing analogy, certain um, certain punches that get landed have more weight as punches. A good example of a technical knockout was the Conor McGregor um, Mayweather fight. Where McGregor, he is still technically standing. He never hit the canvas, but the the referee looked into uh, McGregor's eyes and said that, "Hey, he can't fight anymore. He, he he can't he can't continue to fight in in peak condition. He was gassed by the end of that by the end of that fight. So they called that they called the fight a TKO. So in that regard, Spider Man loses this fight because really a, a, there's a physical aspect to it, and, and Spider Man physically couldn't have been able to continue fighting Superman. He broke in his hands. The amount of punches, yes, that that Spider Man landed would have won him a couple of rounds, maybe. But the overall fight went to Superman simply because Superman was still standing and basically was saying, "Son, quit." All right, <laughs> yeah, are you finished yet? Are you done? <laughs> are, are you done? Also, yet? And that. If we're going by the analogy, Spider-Man took an illegal drug called kryptonite, whatever that is, that red red sun thing. Yeah, but he didn't know that. I mean, it's not That's like he, he got juiced up before the fight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, and, I mean he, you're, you're using every uh, every uh, athlete's uh, go-to excuse. Well, it was in my supplements, <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> it was just a weight gainer. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's made of some yeah. kind of powdered deer horn and a fish paralyzer. <laughs> Exactly. I, I got it from GNC. Hornacek says Spidey was juicing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Enigma points out that this is kind of irrelevant because they weren't actually boxing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Keep applying boxing terms. But since we asked for a decision, that kind of. Well, it, 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 Fight Club, Friday Night Fights plays off of the. Friday yeah, it does. So, so I have to say, I mean, we have three, we have three out of the two here saying that, uh, that Superman wins. So I think decision here is Superman. Hmm. All right. And and here's the thing. I mean, there's no shame in this. Number one. No, there's every, not. Everyone won from this. Superman won. <laughs> Marvel DC won, won by Marvel sale. DC yeah. won. The <laughs> fans of both characters yeah. won. Everybody won except for the – Jerry Conway made a ton of money. Every, everyone won <laughs> except for the people in the story who had buildings that got torn the F up <laughs> in the process of this fight. I like what Where X Wolf said. Superman came into a Spidey Friday night fight and took back home a win. <laughs> Well, and, and this is the thing. I mean, like we we talk about uh, Spider Man, especially Spider Man in the eighties, how he's able to take down superior threats. The, it is quite possible for a threat to be too superior for yeah. Spider Man to overcome. Like Spider Man's not going to kick the crap out of Galactus. Superman could. I mean, I mean, yeah. think about it this way: when Superman met Juggernaut in DC versus Marvel, he knocked him the f out in the first the first shot. I mean, you, Marvel DC characters overall on average are usually more powerful on a power level than Marvel characters. And that's one of the things that, you know, when people want to argue about the two companies, they don't like DC because the characters are too powerful. So when you're, when you're going with that, you know, and sticking to it, then obviously Superman being the most powerful is not going to lose against the guy that is under Thor. Mm. You know, real real quick, Bailey Enigma asks a question in the chat. How did the Superman Muhammad Ali book work? And then who won that fight? uh, Actually, Muhammad Ali knocked him out. Um, (laughs) It was, uh, it was a pretty brutal fight. They, they are taken off planet. Yeah. And, Superman and uh, Superman is basically boxes Muhammad Ali and then is trained in boxing by Muhammad Ali. But Muhammad Ali, (laughs) since they were on equal footing, yeah, pretty much trounced him. It was a it was a fun fight. Um, This uh, important programming note, um, real quick. 
because I had mentioned uh, in the fight that we're going to cover next, uh, and I was in I was in error because we had decided not to pick that fight. We had, according to Brad, we decided to pick Amazing Spider-Man 14 instead. I, yeah. I think Bailey, that's what you had said at first. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we can talk about the other Hulk one some other time. Okay, but, but it's just that there's a lot of parallels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 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 that uh, in that Peter Parker Spider-Man 14 fight, and that Spider-Man was. He, he needed something to take out a lot of negative energy on, and, and it just happened to be the Hulk. And it was very, very good story. So before we get to the next episode, final decision, George, for this fight. Well, I think we just, I mean, the, the panel already decided it's Superman. It's Superman. I mean, it's, it's, All right. It has to be. Okay, yeah. well, that'll be a clean <laughs> Listen to Bailey. Bailey's <laughs> like, yeah. Bailey, Bailey's Wait, throwing up gang signs now. He's like doing. Give, give him the S or something. Yeah. <laughs> 